With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into Brewcast from Maze and Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Back with you, I am Luke Yardy, joined as always by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. We are here on January 4th, first show of the new year. And, well, uh, we have... New information without any new information, if that makes sense. So we've got to get covered here today regarding the Jim Harbaugh situation at Michigan. And uh, if you're with us on Twitch, we do broadcast uh, live on Twitch every Monday night at 730. Appreciate you for uh, being here. If you're live on Twitch right now, if you're listening to the pod on Tuesday or uh, any of the later days here this week, uh, appreciate you tagging along. Don't forget to uh, leave a review, subscribe, and uh, we appreciate that. But uh, before we get into the you know the coaching talk and what the hell is going on because we i don't don't know maybe these guys do but uh, anthony chris what's going on fellas how you doing uh not much do do you want to not to go off on a tangent right off the bat but do you want to tell people what you told us about your availability for tonight before we pressed record yeah man that was uh i i didn't know if i was going to be able to pod here tonight so it was probably about one thirty ish here this afternoon. I was sitting on a chair. I had uh, like my workout clothes on. I was getting ready to take my pre-workout and all of a sudden I like was looking at my phone and I felt a little weird. So I was like, I couldn't tell if I was dizzy or not. And I stood up and I found out very quickly that I was dizzy. Uh, turned out I had a little case of vertigo here today. Uh, and I went to the ER. I thought I had like an ear infection and then it turned out I had a giant piece of wax that was blocking my entire ear canal on my right side so they had to like put some stuff in there i had to let it sit to try and soften it up for for like two minutes and then they tried to drain out my ear but it wouldn't move so they went in with like infant an infant scoop and like scooped it out of my ear canal it was it was disgustingly big man so that was my day so i i asked that not to like and to the people who are still here listening, God bless you. Um, <laughs> uh, I just wanted people to know how much of a warrior uh, that this yeah. guy is. Um, I uh, it would have knocked down a lesser man, including myself. So um, it's good to be here. Good to be back with both of you guys. I know, Chris, we spoke last night doing the basketball pod, but um, for the three of us to be back in 2021, 2020's problems do not disappear by uh, the calendar flipping over to a new month, but, symbolically speaking, I, I, I think I speak for a lot of people where it's just the weight of a new beginning and, and hopefully some optimism here, or at least some resolution coming up. Um, 
you know, gives us a little hope for, for stuff moving forward, but um, it's good to be back with both of you guys. Uh, I know we have a lot to burn down today. It might be a little bit of a longer show. It might, it might not be, as you said, it's a lot to say without having a lot to say. So um, yeah, it's just good to be back and, and good to see both of you guys. Agreed. And uh, I appreciate you guys. Um, fi- I mean, not filling in because you guys do this every week, but I appreciate you guys doing the show without me last week. Um, you know, I, 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 we talked about this a little bit on the hoops pod, so I won't uh, reiterate it, but it's just been, it's just been kind of a strange time with holiday and vacation. So I appreciate you guys filling in. You did a bang up job. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's 2021 and there is a, a slight, you know, new sense of optimism, but uh, some 2020 problems do persist. And mainly we still don't know who the football coach is going to be here next year, but no, I mean, for the most part though, I, I'm, you know, I'm excited kind of where we're at. Uh, moving forward with this and and per usual and we're gonna talk hoops today by the way i mean for sure because uh they they've earned it they deserve it they're playing out of their minds right now and also you know there's there's only so many ways and we found a lot of ways but there's only so many ways to kind of talk about you know what the the coaching situation currently is for michigan football but i'm excited to be back i'm excited all three of us are uh, back together for the first time in a minute here doing this and uh ready to roll Yep, and uh, we're, we're going to make it a great 2021 no matter what. But as Anthony said, last year's problems, they certainly carry over into this year a little bit um, because Chris just alluded to it. We do not really officially know who's going to be the head coach at Michigan. We had reports come out, I think, five days ago from Bruce Feldman saying that we expected a deal to be done soon. The small details were being ironed out, probably some small legal details and that it was going to be signed soon. Uh, But then you fast forward a little bit, no deals done. Jim Harbaugh, he's still out in California vacationing with his family. And then we get uh, Jordan Strack here on Twitter today saying a source close to him says that Jim Harbaugh has been actively working to find an NFL job. And the way that that is worded is the most intriguing thing to me because this is not, it's, it's not, it's not Jim Harbaugh is feeling out potential offers. The way that reads is he is actively looking to get back into the NFL and that he doesn't really want to be back at Michigan next year. Let me say this. Uh, and I want to start this off by saying I'm not going to disparage anyone else's reporting. I'm not going to um, kind of go down that road and, and saying who's reputable and who's not. That's not for us. That's not for this podcast. That's it's not for this forum. And because I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, you mentioned Jordan Strack. All I know is that he is. Um, you know, he has connections, but he's not on the Michigan beat. Um, right. No, he, he's got connections in Ohio. He's a TV guy. I get all that. I think a lot of what we're seeing right now is, you know, everyone's, you know, and people on the site have, have gotten frustrated with us about this in that, yes. you know, why aren't people digging more for what's going on right now? The fact of the matter is, is that people in the know have no idea what's going on right now. Now, here's Buddy, if the John U. Bacon doesn't know, nobody knows. That's what I'm saying. Um and, and, you know, we love John. He's great too, but John is not the be all end all either. There's a, yeah. there's a lot of moving parts here. The thing of it is, is that what we do know is that this extension or talk of the extension has been on the table for at least a month now. Um, you know, it, it started out with a three-year incentive-laded deal. It could be as many as five or six now, which the leverage that you have to bump that up coming off the season they just did, that's interesting to, to me as well, but we don't necessarily have to go down that road. We know that there's an extension on the table. Other than that, we don't know. And when you hear there's optimism that it could be signed, it's going through legal. There's, you know, the fact of the matter is it's not signed and there's not an agreement until the deal is signed. Now, I think a lot of the reporting that we're seeing right now, and again, not going to disparage anyone who's has their sources saying what they're saying. Your sources are your sources. You keep it close to the vest, whatever. The timeline suggests a lot of the things that are being reported in terms of, you know, waiting out NFL, you know, we, we heard a couple weeks ago, they want to get this done by Christmas. And then it was, Oh, they want to get it done by the new year. It's January 4th. Now NFL jobs are open. There are six as of this, um, you know, as of this podcast here, Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, Ward manual by handling this, the way they have, have played into every single narrative about there being a lack of stability. 
and if slash when this deal gets signed, I still imagine it probably will because you know we're, we're already seeing news of interviews across the league. Um, I'm not seeing teams beating down the door for Jim Harbaugh right now. I know the Chargers are a popular one. We'll see what happens there. But like I said, it is uh, all of this is self-inflicted. <laughs> it's a joke. Uh, it, it, the way it's been handled, um, the way that you know from a month ago. Michigan kind of, you know, the ball's been in Jim Harbaugh's court. Do you, are you going to take this deal or not? And now you're kind of like somewhat being held hostage by him. That's not, it's all self-inflicted. And, and like I said, I still expect a deal will get done. But the thing that bothers me the most as a air quotes media person, I mean, we're in the sphere, we're credentialed, all that stuff, but you know, not, not the insider, but the thing that bothers me is that if a deal gets done and they come out and they'll do their press conference, if they do a press conference, I wouldn't be surprised if it was just a press release. Yeah. They will tell us that we're, they will, they will treat us like we're crazy for questioning why things got to this point. And that's, you're not crazy. This isn't, this isn't how business is done. Now, maybe they're not doing business the way that Texas did and kind of snaked their way into Steve Sarkeesian, but this isn't normal either. And it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be treated as such. And, Quite frankly, I'm kind of just burned out until we get official word from somewhere because anything else is hearsay. That's, I mean, there's so many things about this that are frustrating. And we, you kind of made slight reference to a, a comment from last week's pod about, you know, why don't you guys start, you know, re- giving us some of the information you have? We don't have any. I, <laughs> no one does. There is, I don't know if there's any writer in the country with more of an in to a program than what John U. Bacon has with Michigan. And yet he's tweeted today, like basically putting his hands up in the air saying, I don't know what's going on. I'm not sure. Kind of have an idea. Maybe, possibly, hopefully. But he doesn't completely know. Um, a, a lot of it's the same stuff. Where It's a waiting game. I feel like I, I, I'm kind of surprised by this, but I shouldn't be. You know, like you said, today was, as they say in the NFL, Black Monday. Six coaches now out of jobs, six teams looking for a replacement. But I, so in terms of, you know, inside info, we don't have that. Unfortunately, Michigan's kept everyone kind of in the dark. It does need to be said, and this is kind of the only insight I can add here is that the handling of this has been, if I had to give it a grade, there's nothing I could give it other than an F. This has turned into the circus clown show that everyone hoped it wouldn't turn into. Michigan football has not played a game in a month and a half. They have not had a scheduled game in uh, three weeks, a month. I don't know, time's been kind of been flying here over the holidays, but you, you get my point. They have gone through signing day. We, the college football season ends in six days by the time you're listening to this. And Michigan is still unsure who uh, the coach is going to be. Uh, to me, and there's a lot of different things you could point fingers at. It's just the whole process beginning probably before the season uh, has just led to this being a complete disaster. If they believed in Jim Harbaugh, if they wanted Jim Harbaugh to really be the guy, they should have just signed him to an extension before the season started. And if they still believe that at the end of what was a really miserable season, then they should have just penned a deal in December or November so we could move on from this, have signing day, and get have something new to talk about. But they didn't. Or they could have done the, the simplest solution to me, which is fire the guy after a two and four season. But that's, you know, that's side the point. They didn't go with any of those easy options. And we are left here with what continues to be week in and week out, uh, uh, just a story that continues to drag. And it just shows like, you know, the lack of stability you brought up, Anthony. But it also, it's worth noting that, look, maybe Jim Harbaugh's back here next year, maybe he isn't. I still kind of believe he'll come back. But if he's waited until, as of the time you're listening to this, unless you're watching on Twitch, January 5th, and still hasn't signed an extension and is, according to some sources, kind of lurking, you know, waiting for an NFL position to maybe open up. It shows to me that maybe his heart isn't completely in staying right. at Michigan right now. I mean, because after six years for him to be like, you know, I'm very on the fence about this. It shows that there's there's some major parties involved in in the potential planning of this. And every single one of them seems to be kind of standing on their on the edge, afraid to dip their toes in the water. I, I think that's kind of all I can add. It's brutally disappointing and frustrating, kind of the lack of conviction by everyone involved in this story. 
Yeah, there are the conflicting reports on exactly what's happening is the thing like I'm a little bit weary about because there is, like I said earlier, there's a huge difference between actively trying to get back into the NFL and kind of waiting to see what opens up. I don't think either of them are any good, but if he is actively trying to get back to the NFL, then Ward has no choice but to move on at this point. Like if that's the case, if it's, if it's, you know, he's waiting, if he gets a call, he gets a call, maybe he'll, you know, see if it's a fit or not, but he ultimately plans on signing at Michigan. I think that's a little bit different than look, he's trying to leave. Like, you know, you don't want the guy who's filling out applications while on the clock, you know, that that, that's a guy who's not going to be a good worker for you. Um, But if a new opportunity comes up and he likes the opportunity, look, the chargers, you mentioned it, Anthony, I actually thought your hat for a moment was a chargers hat uh, until I got a closer (laughs) look at it. And I was like, Oh, you're trying to like put it into the universe. I respect that. Um, But, but that's a great job. Like you would, I don't know anybody when you look at their situation with a guy like Justin Herbert, the cap space that, that, they're going to have moving forward the amount of injuries that they had this season and you expect back like that's a great job and you get to live in LA like I get it but if he's like I'll take any NFL job as long as they try and give me one like that's a whole different story you have to have your heart in the game at this point man like you just signed a a pretty good recruiting class probably not as good as we originally were hoping we're hoping for a top 10 class I would imagine looks like it's going to finish outside of the top 10 but I mean, there's there's a lot of pieces there. You have to fix the culture, and I'm wondering if he just doesn't think he can fix it. Like, that was the thing about Jim Harbaugh coming in, right? Is the guy gives you, what, four or five pretty good years, and then somewhere, somehow, he kind of wears out his welcome. In this instance, doesn't sound like it was really other coaches or administrators. He might have worn out the welcome with his players, to be quite honest with you, judging by the himself himself or himself, to be honest with you, his heart just might not be in it. And I I can't speak to that. Maybe his heart absolutely is in it. But if that were the case, you would expect the deal was done. And maybe it is just all the little details that are getting ironed out. But it doesn't really sound like that. And kind of all the evidence is pointing to the contrary. Yeah. And the point that both of us brought up about you know maybe his heart's not in it maybe it isn't you know a lot of speculative speculative stuff you we're not completely sure but it is worth noting that in years one through five i never had any doubt he would be returning the next season like i literally i remember the byu game in year one there were already reports he might be going to the colts never believed it never bought it the fact that we're in the end of year six he still hasn't won anything of you know of, that's substantial here. Um, and now he's like kind of on the fence shows that maybe even if his heart is in it, there's something, there's some sort of roadblock. Maybe that roadblock is Ohio state. Maybe that road roadblock is recruiting, but there kind of seems to be something in the way here preventing him from really taking that leap and being either completely committed to U of M or completely committed to the NFL. It is, there is kind of that strange divide. It feels like it's Ohio state. <laughs> that's yeah. what's in the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's as we saw over the weekend, like we won't get too much into that, but uh, everyone has an Ohio state problem. It's not just Michigan. And right, it's right. only, it will only continue to increase um, this. I want to cite a couple of exchanges I've had on Twitter in the last couple of days. And Luke, one of them was with you. It was the response to me talking about, you know, you fueled all the narratives about the stability and things like that. And you said, what, what impacts do the narratives really have on, on, the recruiting class and things like that. And my response to you was none because one mission Michigan exists in their own bubble where they do things their own way and everything is already terrible. You came off a two and four season. It was honestly one of the most, um, I know it was a COVID year, but probably the most, uh, the most brutal uh, couple months of football that we've seen in, in quite some time. And and this kind of leads into, you know, we have a question in the chat about, or more a comment from broadcaster 24 on Twitch. He said, I worry if Jim leaves, what will happen to the 2021 recruiting class, especially with a player like JJ. We've kind of addressed this before. JJ is a Michigan guy. I think he'll be here regardless of what happens, especially. Mm -hmm. So let's just say they part ways and Matt Campbell does Matt Campbell's the guy like, this is just, you know, me throwing a scenario out there. I'm pretty sure that Matt Campbell was his first college offer. 
So like, there's a relationship there. Like I'm not, he's going to be here regardless. I wouldn't worry about it too much. I think the impacts that have been had are, um, have been felt already. So um, this is how I feel about all of this coming off of the reports from Monday, the rumors about, you know, NFL stuff. Like we didn't need room. Like my eyeballs tell me the fact that we're in this spot, it's black Monday. There's no resolution yet. It tells me what these reports have been saying anyways. I, you know, that's not a right. No offense to those people. That's not breaking news to me. Like I kind of assumed that if it got to this point, that's what was being waited on. And to Ward Manuel's credit, credit, I don't know if I'd call it that, but <laughs> if he does fire the guy during a pandemic, like it's going to cost them $10 million. So if he does leave, like then you just push him out the door and it doesn't cost you anything. Um, and actually fact- doesn't, wouldn't the team hiring him have to have to pay Michigan his buyout? I thought that's how it worked. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know how it works from NFL to college, but this is all of, you know, finances aside, and this is going to sound kind of tone deaf given that we are in a pandemic and and people at Michigan have lost their jobs and such that seven to $10 million it would cost really isn't anything. I mean, Auburn, Auburn just paid like $45 million to fire Gus Melzahn and hire Brian Harson. And I'm sure Texas uh, has a pretty penny. To it's pay the for. boosters. It's the boosters foot in the bill yeah. anyway. Uh, and my understanding is that that wouldn't be much of a sticking point. Um, but again, we'll see what happens, but this is to me, this is what it all boils down to. And again, I know I'm rambling again, but this is just my complete, this is the complete thought. And then we move on or, or do go to whatever. This is a pretty important off season for Michigan. There's a lot to iron out with the coaching staff. You fired Don Brown during the holidays. Um, you got to hit the transfer portal. You got to keep this, you know, guys can still get out of their, their letters if they want to, there's still another signing day in February. If Michigan's going to get this back on track, it is going to take a massive, you know, all hands on deck portals opening up around us, like the Avengers effort to pull it off, to get things back to, you know, at least to, to competing again. I mean, they weren't competitive in most of these games this year. And for me, if there's any doubt from anyone if that they want to be around to do that, whether if it's a player transfer, if there's any doubt in your mind, go. If that's the case, if you don't, if you're not sure if you want to be around for that, for the long haul, that's a non-starter for me. The conversation's over and that includes your head coach. And if to me, and I'm sure this, this is going to be, I think we will have resolution one way or another this week. If I'm Ward Manuel and the further we get into this week without, that deal getting signed. I'm, I might just do the Lou Brown to that deal and say like, you know what? We're, we're done here. Well, that, that's a question I was going to ask you when, at what point does Ward have to set a hard deadline, give him an ultimatum. You're either in or you're out. I think it's this week. I really do because they need to, they have to start hiring assistants and they have to hire a defensive coordinator. They have guys who who's on the, the staff already, whose contracts are up. Um, it's time to get to work. And I know I saw something about um, the early enrollees aren't going to be quite back or won't quite be on campus yet. Like they usually are for the spring or the winter semester due to some COVID precautions, but they, they are coming, but you know, in a month or so, maybe even a couple, like at some point they're going to start getting together as a team and conditioning again. And there's a lot to sort out and it's January now. Um, they're already behind the eight ball. Guys are already, there are coaching changes being made. And I guess the one positive to what's going on is that no one's really in the market in the power five for a new head coach at the moment. So if they had to do a coaching search, I guess to a certain extent, they have their pick of the litter. I don't know. Um, But it has, it has to be this week. And it probably, honestly, probably needs to be before like Wednesday or Thursday. Cause this can't reach the, if this, if this gets to the weekend, it's, I'm sorry, it, we got to, Ward Manuel should already be, and I think he would be, uh, given what we know about the beeline stuff and and what he thought may have been a coaching search and then the search the year after. I think that if I'm Ward Manuel right now, I have my list of guys I want to talk to ready. Yeah, I would I would say that's probably true. I, I mean, you would hope so at this point with the way things have gone. So, yeah, I, I guess it, cause when you initially when you said this week, I would I was kind of like, oh, I don't know, I bet they, but they, I bet they might extend that. You're probably right because I forgot I forgot already. And news has been moving so fast. Yeah, they got to hire assistants, and, and the longer you wait, you know, this is not you know me reinventing the wheel, but the longer you wait, the more good candidates are going to go, um, yeah. because other teams are going to want to hire assistants too. 
Um, Alabama's looking for an assistant. You know, I mean, this is uh, th- this is going to move fast. And at the at the same time, Michigan has moved uh, far too slow. I, I will say this though: the the thing that Michigan has going for them, you know, uh, a pretty big persuasive piece. I think say Jim Harbaugh does go, and all of a sudden you're talking to prospective coaches. Hey, you come to Michigan, man, and I'll tell you what, that administration might be loyal to a fault. You might have a little little leeway, you know, when you, when you come here to build your program up because I – Well, I don't know. I, they, they've they kind of done dirty the people who aren't, quote-unquote, Michigan men. It's so true. To speak. I mean, Jim Harbaugh's had the longest leash of any coach since Lloyd Carr, really, if you think about it. But he's done well until, you know, this year for the most part, relatively speaking. But – Yeah, um, it – I think is Bakich the only non-Michigan guy in like the four major men's sports? Yeah, I think so. Jawan, Jawan and Mel are for sure. I didn't, I didn't know what, I don't even know what Bakich's ties are previous to Michigan. No, I don't. Well, he know. was a Vandy guy, wasn't he? Okay. Yeah. I honestly so. have no idea. Yeah, so I, I, I should, <laughs> I should know that. But I guess, I guess you go to the college world series and you know, that, that was like, it, it, it worked, but I, you yeah, know, I'm just, right. that's, you yeah. know, the football program's a different beast, obviously. Right. Um, there can be a lot of factions there and that's well that that's another thing too right is like we we like to you know sometimes when we look at this process we dump on the handling of it by ward manual and i've, I've seen people even you know call for his job in this but we also got to remember this guy did hi, went out on a limb and hired Jawan howard who i was hand up very wrong about um he he signed <laughs> man you know, he signed Mel Pearson to to come back and he's, he's done a pretty good, good job on the bench. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like that's I would trust him if it too. comes to that. That's that's kind of my thinking too. I honestly like I'm not you guys know me, I'm on the fence. If if Jim Harbaugh goes, if he's fired or if he leaves, I'm okay with it. If he stays, I'm okay with it. But I, I actually would wouldn't mind seeing Ward hiring his own guy, you know, because he, he has proven he he does his due diligence and he hires some pretty good candidates. Yeah, I would agree with yeah. that. Um, I, I think he's, I think he's a good. Like we've, we've made a lot about how he's handled this, and and like I said, I, I if I'm not mistaken, I think his contract might be up in March, so he's got a deal coming up soon as well. Um, and I, I have no reason to believe that he's not going to get extended. I think he's done a pretty good job, and, and when you look at the athletics program as a whole, m- almost all of your teams are competing for competing for or winning Big Ten championships. So, um, well, yeah, let I, me. Uh... Let me ask you this. So just, just last, last thing on this topic. So you say this week, something we get a res say we get a resolution this week because we think that it has to come. John, you he's on 80, 20. Jim is back to Michigan, 80% back to Michigan, 20% to the NFL. Where do you guys fall? Chris, I'll let you go first. (laughs) Um, 70, I'm, I'm at 70, 30 still. No, but again, uh, two weeks ago, I was probably at 90-10, and a right. week ago, I was probably at 80-20. You know, the, the more time passes, the less um, the less certain I am that uh, this thing is is uh, go, going the, the Michigan way. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. But I'll, I'll put it at 70-30. I mean, I want to say – somewhere between 60 40 and 55 45 so i'll say something like 57 43 to get a little more specific it just i've been i feel like i've been saying this for a month that each day that passes it felt a little less likely and it's been almost a month now so yeah if you asked me a month ago i would have been 90 10 and it's the fact you know people have like like i said before people have been trying to psychoanalyze this and and figure out what the heck is going on i think the timeline tells you the story of what's going on. I don't think it needs to be sourced or reported. I think if you're familiar with how, um, how these things work, I think it kind of tells the story on its own. So yeah, I'm, I'm inching towards maybe by the time you guys hear this, I'll be at 55, 45, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's also, I do have to say, Anthony, you, I feel like maybe not from the beginning, but over the last month or so, You've pushed back against our like we we've been pretty hardcore in the he's he's definitely coming back and you've been one of the big ones to you've been confident in saying you think he's coming back too but you have not been as like on board with it as other people have been even from you know within the last couple of weeks you were kind of saying 
wait, wait for things to open up and we'll see where we go. So like, I think if he ends up going to the NFL, uh, we're going to make sure to give you all the credit because you were, you were one of the only, you were <laughs> because one of the I only- was, I was yeah. the least, not, not, not most confident that he'd leave the least confident that he'd stay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which, you know what, the way things have gone, that's worth something. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll take that. You can send me I the wonder- plaque and, you know, a six pack of beer or something in the mail. Yes, exactly. You know, it's, and it's been interesting to watch here today because you get all these, this guy is interviewing for this job and this team has requested an interview for this job, but you don't got to play by the rules if you're looking to get a college coach, you know, like. Good point. The, the Jets or the, the Chargers, they don't have to ask for Michigan's permission to interview Jim Harbaugh, so that doesn't make news. So I have no idea what's going on behind the scenes, man. But I do know that there are, a, there's also a lot of good, good coaching candidates like Robert Sala, Eric B enemy, uh, Dabalo. I mean, there's, there's a lot of good coaching candidates and honestly, Jim Harbaugh might be getting a bit of an ego check here uh, this week as well. Watch. I can, because I have, you know, I've talked about before how I've covered the league before watch for that chargers job. I know a, peop- a lot of people are linking it because while well, he's been in California for a few weeks, like, Let's. These are separate things. Jim Harbaugh still has family, and I believe a home out there. Um, but I do think, based. I mean, he used to play for the Chargers. I believe he has contacts or some kind of relationship with owner uh, ownership there. Um, you know, the the way that they performed down the stretch uh, with a rookie quarterback, the fact that they moved on from a guy like Anthony Lynn leads me to believe they at least have an idea of where they like to go. And that's, to me, that's the most, you know, I know the Jaguar, the Jags job is you, you've got Trevor Lawrence. You've got all this cap space. I don't think he would ever take the Jags job, especially no. after their owner came out today and said that he's going to have final say over the roster. What I was saying, a lot of people have pointed to that as being the most appealing yeah. job because of all of those factors, Trevor Lawrence, right. cap space, all the draft capital. Now that this chargers job is open. And I think, I do think that's a team that's ready to win. You look at the roster on both sides of the ball. I think that's the perfect marriage of given the relationship there, given what I think it would take for Harbaugh to leave for an NFL job was probably a team that would, you know, be able to compete. I felt like, you know, maybe the bears would have been another type of, if they opened up, that would have been a type of gig that fit that bill as well. Um, Just keep an eye on that. And I don't have inside info, but um, it, it just a lot of, you know, it's not a, like, it's not a thunderstorm warning if I'm using a weather um, analogy, but it's definitely like a thunderstorm watch. Mm-hmm. All the factors are there. It's going to be a fun week. I know that every day, man, I'm going to be on pins and needles. Cause I know the shoe could drop at any moment one way or another. So, uh, uh, but it, it's fun to speculate still a little bit, but like Chris said, we do want to talk a little hoops here on the show tonight uh, because, well, we got to talk about a now top 10 team in the country, the Michigan Wolverines basketball squad coming off that nice win against Northwestern last night. But first, we have to take a quick break here on Brewcast. Hey, guys, Anthony from Maze and Brew here to introduce you to our friends and sponsors of the podcast, HomeFieldApparel.com. Homefield is a premium collegiate apparel brand located right in the heart of Big Ten country in Indianapolis and makers of some of the most comfortable items of clothing you will ever own. Homefield launched its Michigan collection in early November with several awesome vintage designs that capture a lot of the things we love about the Wolverines. Everything they do and design for all schools comes from a place of love that honors the history of some of our favorite institutions across the country. So if you're looking for a gift for that Tulane grad of yours, or simply want to add some North Dakota State gear to your collection, in addition to the Michigan stuff you buy, they are the place to do it. Our listeners, our readers, the Maze & Brew family can get 20% off your first purchase using the promo code MNB at homefieldapparel.com. That's promo code MNB at homefieldapparel.com for 20% off your first purchase. I promise you, their gear will become an instant favorite in your collection. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. And we're back in on Brewcast. Luke Yardy, Anthony Broom, Chris Castellani here with you on Monday, January 4th, headed into Tuesday, January 5th. If you're on Twitch, obviously a much shorter pause. We appreciate you hanging out here with us every Monday night at 7.30. If you're listening on the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, rate the show. We we would appreciate that. So uh, we just talked a whole lot about Jim Harbaugh, what the situation is going to be at the University of Michigan moving forward. But there's a top 10 basketball team that we need to talk about and a top 10 team that beat a top 20 opponent last night. Didn't just beat them, took them out to the woodshed. I mean, that was, that was not a 19 point game. I know that's what the final score said. It was anything, but that was one of the most dominant performances I've seen a Michigan team play probably against a big 10 school, at least uh, in quite some time. And guys, this team, I mean, we were texting last night, the, the way that they're rolling right now, I mean, Hunter Dickinson, he had a great game, but it didn't even feel like it was one of his dominating games. Franz Wagner is really starting to come on right now, but the pieces, Eli Brooks, Mike Smith, the way they're shooting as a team, Shondi Brown, uh, he gives me nightmares thinking about him guarding me. I mean, I would probably pee myself, to be honest with you. Uh, th- this team is just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I'm, you you, no, you want to take Chris. it? You want, you want me to well, go? Um, yeah. Well, we're, we're like, you and I are echoing each other because we just like right. literally did the show on it yesterday. So, but I'll let you lead it off. Uh, this is such a fun team to watch right now. And they're playing with a ton of confidence. And again, I don't, if you listen to the hoops pod, I don't want to be a broken record, but there were a couple things. One big thing that I didn't talk about last night that I do want to bring up here. And I think it does. Uh, it, it's kind of a nice juxtaposition compared to some of the things we've talked about with the football team. You know, one of the things Juwan's talked about, one of the things, I've talked about both with Michigan basketball or football or anything tigers is culture and culture is culture is a very, it's an abstract thing. There's no quantifiable metric to measure culture. Culture is not, you know, shooting percentage. It's not, you know, if, if it's baseball, it's not on base percentage. There's no numbers that, that to specify culture, but it's one of those things you just kind of know what's good when you see it. And I think one indication of that is, Look at the bench when something's going well for this basketball team right now. And and that to me, and there was that story, you know, during the Penn state game for football, how AJ Henning made that catch and the bench had to be told to react or to, or to clap or cheer, you know, whether that's true or not, it's whatever, but it it was just kind of another sign that um, something's a little bit off there in that program. When you're on the bench in college basketball, it's a place you should you don't want to be. You want to be on the floor. You want to be playing. And yet you're seeing guys like Adrian Nunez, who was starting, you know, uh, 13 months ago at this point. You're seeing guys like Brandon Johns, who's a four star recruit, who's, you know, one of the maybe the third guy off the bench at this point, but maybe second with Austin Davis being injured. You see guys buying in. And that is the power of culture. And I think we saw glimpses of that last year where you had a team that was not a good shooting team that got out rebounded a lot and yet still won a fair amount of games and was comfortably in the tournament coming into the big 10 tournament before things were canceled. And uh, you know, above all, they just have a lot of talent and they have a lot of really good shooters and they have a lot of length and they have a seven foot two guy on the block who is actually unstoppable. I don't think there's I don't think there's anyone in the Big Ten, and he, he'll have an off game at some point. But I don't think there's anyone f- over a forty minute 
period of basketball that can realistically shut this guy down. Um, let he played maybe his worst game yes or Sunday against Northwestern and he went for 19. No, he is a matchup nightmare. Uh, this is an incredibly fun team to watch right now. And I think the last week has really gotten people to buy in because like I said, those first seven games were uh, the analogy I used. They were the first five questions on who wants to be a millionaire. You know, they were, they were the roadblocks that or not even roadblocks, but they were, they were the, the games that you didn't want to stumble on. You were, they, you knew they were winnable. Uh, they're making noise now. Northwestern's a good team. And, and in this league, and I said this last night, so this will be my last point before I repeat myself too much. In 2021 in the Big Ten, you don't win by 19 against anybody. You, you don't. I mean, we've seen teams go up against the two weaker teams, you know, in the in the Big Ten and in Nebraska and Penn State and have, you know, close games. And that Michigan beat Nebraska by, what, 11? And they were, you know, that was a, it was a five-point game with like three minutes left. Um, and Penn State, not a good team. Michigan won by two. You know, it that doesn't happen in the Big Ten in 2021. And it just shows how uh, remarkably confident this team is right now and uh, how how uh, cohesive they seem to be. And if you haven't taken notice, you should now because uh, they're, they're going to make some noise here. Yeah, I echo all that. Uh, kind of going back to what we talked about last night, and it's – I made the proclamation that they are the best team in the big 10. And perhaps that was riding the emotions of the win or, you know, maybe just the sleep uh, deprived feeling I was feeling at that time when we recorded, it's been less than 24 hours actually, but um, you know, they're, they're right up there. I think they're in that top tier. I think they will compete for a big 10 title. Um, You know, it strikes me by just how the, the depth, the chemistry, the talent, the, the, the coaching it's all there and it's it, they look great uh illinois is up there iowa's up there wisconsin's up there we talked about how you know that wisconsin game coming up is is going to be a pretty big test in terms of you know how this how this whole big 10 race sorts itself out but yeah i it was good to see them in the top 10 i think they deserve to be there uh mm-hmm. based on you know the you know you look at some of these ballots they have you know michigan state still hanging out in the top 25 like you know, forget the AP poll, like doesn't, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on there because it's voted on by, you know, a lot of people. Who They're also just, number 10 on Ken Pop, and I, I give a lot more credence to that. Yeah. My eyeballs match that. That's what I'm looking at right now. Uh, they are the fourth ranked team uh, in the big 10 on Ken Pom behind Wisconsin at four, Iowa at five, uh, Illinois at seven and Michigan at 10. So, I mean, the fact that the big 10 on its own has four teams in that, that group of 10, there just, it speaks to, and then you've got another four teams in the, you know, behind them in the top 25. I mean, it just speaks to the quality of the conference. I think maybe top to bottom, it's not quite as deep as it was last year, but I also think the top of the conference is much better this year than it was last yeah. year as well. So um, like I said, Juwan is, is pressing all of the right buttons right now. And at this point, and we talked about this on the show last night, I, I don't think there's anything they haven't seen. They've played games on long rest. They've played games on a quick turnaround when you don't know who your opponent's going to be. They've, you know, they've dealt with some injuries. They've, they've made changes to the lineup here and there. It's just right now it's a well-oiled machine and, and Juwan Howard, like as good as he looked as a coach last season uh, this year, he just looks completely like one of the, you know, one of the best coaches in college basketball. So it helps to have good talented players, but um you know, he's, he's hit home runs on, on how he's built this roster and the guys he's brought in guys, he's recruited the transfers that have come in. It's just, it's again, I hate doing this because I don't want to compare. I think it's to a certain extent disrespectful to compare them to say like the football program, but honestly, it's just, it's the antithesis to, to what goes on next door. And it's just so, it's so refreshing. And we joke about them being a basketball school. We know that's not really the case, but the fact that, you know, if that, if, if this football thing gets figured out, you make the argument that you might have, you know, maybe the best one, two punch of football, basketball, or at least up there in, in college sports. And and that doesn't, you know, and, and we know all the other sports, most of them are, are great. The women's team is undefeated too. I believe Michigan as yeah. a program are the yeah. only, um, only school that has both teams undefeated at this point in the season. So, um, Shout out to Juwan Howard. Shout out to Kim Barnes and Rico. I mean, everything that's going on in Chrysler this year, um, 
it, it's been flawless. Uh, so well, everyone how, deserves how's this that. for a, how's this for a football comparison? This, this Michigan team and Juwan Howard second year actually reminds me quite a bit of Jim Harbaugh's second team at Michigan. Yeah. Going, I, going I, I out there see, and dominating everyone. Yeah, I could see you're right. I mean, obviously. Yeah. I don't know what the basketball equivalent of JT was short was guy has his foot on the line on a game tying three pointer or something like that. They, right. review it, they review it for an hour. No, I, I, I get your point where it's like, it feels like this is last year was kind of like the, the beta version. And this year is the full, you know, the full true year of like the, you know, as Anthony, I think you said yesterday, yesterday, uh, fully operational battle station here, like the first full, uh, preview of the kind of basketball we hope we're going to be seeing uh, for, for throughout the rest of the Juwan Howard era, you know, there, and look, it needs to be said, they're going to, they're going to face some bumps along the way. This is a brutal oh, yeah. conference. No man. question. I mean, dude, there are, you yeah, they're going to lose at some point. Yeah. And probably they're, a few they're, games. Yeah. yeah quite they're, a few. they're probably going to lose three or four conference games. Like at the end of the day or, or, or more, honestly, I mean, cause realistically, I, I think the team that wins the Big Ten this year might lose six games. Re- truly, I mean it's that deep, it's that loaded. Um, in Maryland, who I think is like probably near the bottom of the Big Ten, just beat Wisconsin at the Kohl Center. You know that that's how good this conference is. You know they're they're going to face that adversity, but it's where I think some of those early season near stumbles, like Oakland and Penn State, may actually end up doing them more good than bad because we've seen we've seen them now grind and we've seen them win ugly and we've seen them win pretty. Um, impressive stuff you know a lot of fun to watch and uh it's maybe it's a sign of things to come in 2021 that the uh, maybe things are turning around with the way this basketball team's playing and i like uh this this comment in the the twitch from bernsey 381 talking about the assistant coaches as well that's that's what i give Jawan so much credit for as well he didn't come in really with a giant ego, right? Like he could have, man. He was, he was an all-time college basketball yeah. player. He played in the NBA for like 20 years. He coached, he was an assistant coach on NBA championship teams with LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade. He coached under Eric Spolstra. He could have came in and said, look, man, I've, I've seen the best. I've been a part of the best. Like what I say goes, he brought in a guy like Phil Martelli. I mean, you know, how good is that to, to be able to bring someone like that in and be your assistant head coach and to keep Saudi around i mean the, the fact that he didn't let his ego get in the way too i, I think says a ton about juan howard and uh his willingness to learn i think because he learned so much on the job last year and to not only have a guy guys like martelli and Sadi be there to develop players but to learn from those guys as well i think it's been a huge help and, and like you said chris it, it's the culture it's a big family there in ann arbor and it, it, it's really fun to watch these guys play basketball Yeah, and something that's become apparent to me, uh, I think that after John Beeline leaves, if you hire a guy, you know, if you give Saudi the job or if you were to hire Phil Martelli, I would like, I think that on on its own would have been probably pretty good. But the fact that you have, you roll the dice on a guy who, you know, even I know it was a chance that he never had, you know, he's never had coached before, but you talk to people in the NBA. Jawan Howard was a rising kind of star through the industry and was probably getting a head coaching gig sooner rather than later. And this opportunity opened up and, you know, Michigan was a soft place to land, so to speak. And that helped. But the fact that, that he's done as well as he has. And again, I don't know a whole lot about the other coaching staffs in the country. I know Shaka Smart's doing good things right now at Texas with you, Luke Yaklich on his staff, but, uh, I don't know how many coaching staffs in college basketball from top to bottom are, are as good as the operation that Michigan currently has right now. And it's, um, it's just a testament to, to the work that's being done from top to bottom. So yeah, again, everything, they're going to lose games at some point. Um, and I'm sure that will send people into a frenzy because the more games you win early on, the more that bar kind of raises, we saw what, you know, the Bahamas did for expectations last year, but um this is a good basketball team. And I think they're, they're going to, you know, from here on out, even if they just tread water, they're going to be in good shape. But um, I think they're going to win a lot more basketball games than they lose. Anything else, Chris? 
No, I, I just kind of echoing your point, I think was excellent, uh, which I thought, or the, your point I thought was excellent. That's that, you know, Juwan, again, like Luke, I know you were skeptical about the height. We all were. And it's one mm-hmm. of those things like people will, will dig up old takes as they often do, but I'm sorry. You go from a guy in beeline who had never been a, an assistant coach ever, you know, went from coaching, you know, middle school, eight, you know, bat eighth grade teams to taking a team to the final four, you know, um, or to the national championship multiple times to a guy who had never been a head coach for a single game of basketball his whole career. And where I think collectively we all kind of said, okay, I, I think we're onto something here. One, the recruiting, I mean, to go from consistently having like, you know, above average middle of the road recruiting classes to, like to being top five, but in the first like week he was here, all of a sudden they had a top five class. It was very strange. And then um, the staff, you know, main, it showed that like we knew he was probably going to have some shortcomings early on in his coaching career. But the fact is he knew that as well. And he surrounded himself with some really smart people retaining Saudi going out and getting Phil Martell. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of repeating a lot of what you said, but I think it, it, it shows that, you know, if you want to be a great coach, um, you have to learn as well as teach. And I think he's, he's doing both right now yeah. uh, at Michigan. A lot of good stuff. Absolutely, man. So it's going to be fun. We're already looking forward to Wednesday and maybe we'll have a, a resolution on what Jim Harbaugh's future is by then as well. It's going to be a big week uh, for Michigan sports. So as we wrap up, Chris, where can we find you on social media, man? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2-0. One four, you know, I haven't tweeted much and I'll come back at some point here in 2021, but I do recommend you follow me there because uh, at some point or at there, you can find the link to all my other stuff, the link to my YouTube page where I review movies, uh, posted a review for the, uh, the instant classic Wonder Woman 1984 about a week ago. And, um, you can find there on my Twitter. You'll find the link to my other podcast, Locked On Tigers. I do shows like it's currently three days a week because it's the off season for the Locked On Podcasting Network, talking about all, all sorts of Tigers news, which there isn't much. So I talk about baseball news and other goings on throughout uh, the major league. So please follow me on uh, all those platforms. And uh, and also, I, I don't know if uh, you'll say this, Luke, but uh, go on iTunes and give it leave a positive review for uh, the Mason Brew Podcast because um, I'm proud of what we're doing. And, Dare you? Uh, yeah. What's that? <laughs> Dare you? <laughs> yeah, Dare I know, you right? Do yeah, but you won't uh, do it. I, I'm, I'm proud of what we're doing. So go ahead. Uh, it's easy to do. leave that uh, written five star review. We'd really appreciate it. So follow me on all those platforms and leave a review. Anthony, how about you, man? I'll take it a step further. You leave leave us a five star review, screenshot it, and send it to me. Uh, I have a couple Mason Brew t shirts uh, left here that I would love to send to you for your efforts. So go ahead and do that as well. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, at Maze the Brew is where you can follow the site on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Listen to our shows and podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your shows. Join the Discord. Um, All all those platforms were there. So, uh, again, I don't know what things will look like next time we speak. Maybe it will be sooner than next week. Who knows? We'll see what happens. I think that uh, right now is kind of the calm before the storm. So we'll be ready either way, but um, again, appreciate your support in 2020 and we're looking forward to, you know, big 2021. Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Gary, L U K E G H I A R D I. You can follow Brewcast Show on Twitter as well at Brewcast Show. Don't forget, uh, as we've mentioned, subscribe, rate, leave a review for uh, all of our shows. We got a lot of great shows on the Amazing Brew Podcast Network, so check them all out as well. So uh, it's going to be a big week already. Can't wait to look forward or uh, talk about it uh, in rewind for next week. So for Chris Castellani and Anthony Broom, I'm Luke Gary, and we will see you next week on Brewcast.